Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Yeah, but once you get that sorted, you'll be laughing. Mike, everyone's going to be okay. Everyone's going to be okay, Mike. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be okay. We leave it there. We leave it there. We leave it there. And on that note, good. Did I press record on this? Shit. Oh, for fucks. <laughs> Every. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential, like your breakfast. It will get you up and going. There's the things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh podcast. Yeah. Okay, it is Monday night. It's uh, ten past ten, and I'm about to. Well, I am recording now. The intro to. Podcast number two for the evening. Why is that weird squiggly line thing there? hope it's okay. I hope everything's okay. I'm just going to keep going as if everything's okay. It's probably me. I have a tendency to bang on the table. It makes a noise like this. That's probably it. Uh, anyway, I hope you're doing good. Um, I don't have any more news since I spoke to you last. Um, I started this thing. Let me try and explain it. It's a workshop. It's called Carding with Keith. For some reason, I'm writing that down on a piece of paper as I say it. Um, I don't know if I've spoken much about it on this podcast, but I I started making cards, like greeting cards. Kind of funny greeting cards. You know, like I did one for Mother's Day which said, Ooh, ah, up the ma. And, uh, sorry, I'm writing that down. Stop writing, Keith. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to do some uh, Easter eggs. Easter eggs, Easter cards with something like, you know, your mad egg, your good egg, your mad egg. You know, that'd be um, a good Easter. Why, why am I writing and talking at the same time? I'm, I'm easily distracted. Anyway, so I make cards and I come up with this, uh, this plan, this idea for a workshop, which is basically, it's called Carding with Keith. And it's an hour and a half long. And uh, you join me on Zoom. I send out your equipment, so your your pencils and your pens and your uh, card and maybe a bit of glitter and stuff like that. And we chat and we draw and I do a little bit of, you know, showing you how to draw or what to draw. And, and uh, then we just crack on, do a bit of drawing. And it's it's kind of like the idea is to rediscover the joys of just doodling and drawing like you used as a kid and... You know, there's an element of mindfulness to it. At the end, you'll have three cards made. You write a message in each of the cards. So you've got one card and you write a message to someone that you love. And the other card, you write a message to somebody that you maybe aren't getting on that well with at the moment. 
might be someone you just don't like at all. And the third one is a card that you're going to give to yourself. And you write a note in each one, a note for yourself, a note to the person you don't see eye to eye with at the moment, and one note to, um, to say yourself, to the person you love or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like there's elements of mindfulness, gratitude, forgiveness, um, self, self-love, which is a difficult enough thing for a man to say, but it's something I'm trying to get better at saying, you know. I think we all should a little bit of self-love and that's it it's uh, it's called carding with keith and um we do it over zoom and it's happening the first one's happening the 27th of march um half past 10 in the morning it's a saturday and it's going to be buzzing because it's sold out practically i keep saying it's <laughs> they keep saying it one more place and i'm like oh i think that might be too 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 much now but then people contact me i'm like yeah one, one more place left so i'll have to say it's sold out now probably and then put up the old sold out sign and but i'm gonna do one a month and uh yeah it's i got a i got a sponsor on board the sponsor is a company called the radio room and they specialize in you should look them up actually the radio room they specialize in uh if you're a small to medium sized business and you're looking to spend a few quid on radio advertising and you don't have a clue where to start, these guys will get the right uh, they'll get the right station for you, the right advertisement, they'll make the ad for you, they'll they'll do everything and they'll get you get you your audience basically, get you your bang for your buck, that's it. So I've got a sponsor on and everything. It's it's great, it's flying. So that's my story. Anyway, that I kinda like I launched it over the last few weeks and then announced the sponsor today and it's happening in two weeks so this week now I have to get everything together and send out the packs and and uh, yeah that's my news that's that's what's going on um, just thought I'd share I hope you enjoyed it if you do want to uh, if you want to complain about me sharing my news uh, the email address to, for the podcast is keithwatchpod at gmail.com or keithwatch.watch at gmail.com uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends, please like and subscribe and uh, leave a little review as well. A five star review would be great. And um, thanks very much to ACAST as always. This is part of the ACAST Creator Network and I'm very grateful to them for that. That's it. Um, without further ado, I will crack on with the chat for tonight. Stop drawing, Keith. I can't stop doodling. Get rid of that pen. Uh, it is me and my friend Mike talking. We talked about some crazy things. Everything from how they don't know how eels are born to a friend of ours who moved house just on the bus. He lived on a bus route and just did several trips on the bus with his gear. Um, what else did we talk about? Jeez, I can't even remember now. I just, I was just editing it there and now I can't remember we talked about oh we talked about uh, a young man called a young man called John Fardy is a movie show on Saturday nights on News Talk he got a shout out and a few TV recommendations oh we got a letter the main body of the of the uh, the podcast is an email we received from Mike's brother Nick who lives in London and he's in lockdown and he, he's a single man and I remarked to Mike, oh, I bet he has the life in lockdown there, just doing whatever he wants. He's rewatching Game of Thrones, all that kind of stuff. I said, you should get him to email us his a typical day in the life of, of Nick. 
so he did and that's the main body of the how did I how did I almost forget that it's like it's like I'm forgetful or something anyway that's it uh, we will uh, this time without further ado because there was a bit of a do uh, it is episode 80 ding of the Keith Walsh podcast it's me chatting to my friend Mike enjoy I'm I think I could do a good falsetto here I am. I think you could. Sign, seal, deliver. I'm yours. You could probably do a better falsetto than Barry Gibb can do at the moment because he's just like. <laughs> he's but, lost it. But at, with age, I think he's become a caricature of himself, hasn't he? Unfortunately. He's unbelievable. The hair is gone. The voice is gone. Everything's gone. There's very little left of Barry Gibb, <laughs> the man we knew. Uh, but God loves a trier. And he's got a new album out, actually. They've uh, re-countryfied. Everybody's doing it these days. Uh, what you call him, did it? Um, <laughs> of course, I don't know his name. Uh, <laughs> what you call him? Hello, is it me you're looking for? Lionel. What's his name? Yeah, he's done a, a, a Tuskegee. Uh, version of all of his great stuff as um, country songs but pretty much every song ever written could be a country song because they're all about desperation and misery and love desperation it, well all this all the great rock and roll blues it all it's all came from country didn't it kind of yeah. folk, folk. My favorite it's, it's all folk music ultimately isn't it yeah, my favourite um, country, my, my two, uh, maybe I've mentioned these to you before. I don't know. I'm forgetting shit. I'm that age now that I just don't know who I've spoken to. And it's, it's, I think it's because of the old lockdown. I'm just, I'm constantly confused who I'm talking to and who I'm not talking to. But be, um, the lines from country songs that I like most are, I became a schizophrenic so I could love you twice as much. <laughs> and the song about divorce was... Uh, she got the gold mine and I got the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. went through a big Hank Williams phase. Oh, nothing wrong with a bit of Hank. Uh, as in like, not at, the, not at an obvious time, in my late 20s, early 30s, reading his books, listening to his music. I had a bit of a, a fascination. Just that like, his life and like he died in the back of a car on the way to, on the way from a gig, just like, drifted off and wasn't even that old and uh, like hard living like hard drinking womanizing bastard yeah it's just everything we want to do it's everything we want to be it's like uh, sometimes like I said it before I think in this podcast sometimes I look at the lads drinking cans in the middle of the day on the park bench and I'm jealous yeah but so am I that's... These single lads living in flats, walking around town all day. I don't like. Obviously, that's not what I want from life. But there's a there's always a moment where I'm like, they've got it all, haven't they? Yeah, well, there's a certain amount of that I want from my life, and I think we have actually got a letter from a listener. We do, man. We do. A very important yeah. listener, friend of yeah. the show, friend of the show, an OG. Hey, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and it was based on that kind of conversation of wouldn't we like to be sitting in our underpants eating pizzas out of the bin, watching, you know, uh, some narcos at four o'clock in the morning and Just, like wanting to be this heroin ridden sort of, you know, dystopian guy sitting on a brown couch. 
And it's a brown couch specifically because no, nothing matters on a brown couch. No, you can do whatever you want. You can sit in a brown couch with no underpants on and it won't matter. No. Like I used to read about, I used to read about Jim Morrison and Iggy Pop and all these guys. And I'd be like, oh, wow, look, look at him. He's strung out on heroin. He's can't even like, he's so out of it. He can't even walk like it. And he's so skinny. <laughs> I know, and that, yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Why did I? It's obviously a young man's. It's obviously just. I presume it was cool to like take drugs and drink too much and be really skinny and then die in a bathtub. It still is. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, the whole thing about being thin really appeals to me without having to diet. Imagine that want for food is gone. You'd just be some sort of drug addict. Probably not. Not a great recommendation not a recommend we're not recommending we're not recommending any of this we're just talking about how we're just being honest here and vulnerable but yeah it's not it's it's not a vulnerable a lot it's not a recommended diet i don't think i don't think the heroin diet has 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 been although there was um (laughs) there was do you remember the phase where heroin chic was a thing do you remember that it was like uh like kate moss and the like would be photographed in black and white and it'd be on it'd be in the face magazine or um one of these uh, esquire and she'd be like all skinny and black eyes and be like yeah she's out of a man cool yeah it's it's the it's the the sort of the alter ego to or the other side of photoshop it's like people actually looking like they're normal because most people don't look like kate moss and that you know they look like a bag of shit in the morning she just happens to be very skinny because she just eats cotton wool buds. And but it's like the it's like the bit from Zoolander. Do you like Zoolander? Do you like the movie? Have you not? I wonder what I'm just I was no. just gonna say I was gonna say I think you'd like it. I wonder would you like it? Uh there's some really good bits in it. It's a little bit hit and miss, but it's mostly good, I think. Like it's a brilliant look at that industry and like they come up with this he comes up with this he's got his, his fashion show i think it's the, the will ferrell character whatever his name is morgana or something like that and he's come up he's got his new fashion line and and his new thing is is um derelict <laughs> so it's basically just like he, he got the inspiration from a homeless guy who's, who's, who's living on a piss stained mattress and he's like oh my god derelict um it, was, it is quite it is quite funny actually um zoolander there's a thing for you to do now watch zoolander you're writing that oh, down somebody else um recommended something the big lebowski i've never seen the big lebowski have you never seen the big lebowski no oh i um, think i think you would love the big lebowski yeah i i think i probably would I'm, i've got addicted to listening to the guy who does uh the reviews of movies and stuff like that and tv on news talk oh yes john oh well we know john oh yeah john friend of the show great guy john, john. i don't know who he is yeah, six yeah, o'clock yeah. saturdays brilliant for some reason That's... i always find myself in the car at that time i'm like ah oh, stick on a bit of john i always i always find myself in the shower sort of i'm, I'm sort of sudsied up at that stage and i have the radio on full but last week i don't know if you heard him talking about uh, return to america to, or coming to america too yeah 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 and the guy who was on with him, who's a miserable git at the best of times, and that's what I mean. That's what you're paying for a critic to be kind of relatively miserable. But he was like, um, "What did he say? I, I can, 
I congratulate the makers of this film like I would congratulate a child on filling its nappy. I just thought, yes, that was yes. Give me was, some more of that. That was a great line, John. <laughs> John is John Fardy. Okay, and uh, I do kind of I do kind of know John um, from just doing bits and pieces of him down through the years. And he would have worked with my good friend Joe uh, on the show that Joe produced for Tom Dunn and News Talk. So, um, yeah, I really like John's show. I'm glad you brilliant. brought that up. He is he was absolutely brilliant. And the, and the thing about it is, is he. he he knows what he's talking about, obviously, but he, he's kind of, he gives everything. He's a bit more lenient on stuff that, in the fact that he's watched it and somebody's made it. He'll always give somebody a one star. But this guy, when he asked him about, you know, coming to America, how many, so how, dare I ask you, how many stars? Zero. Well, you're not listening to me. <laughs> but in fairness to John, he found, he actually said there was a couple of good bits in it. Uh, he said it was more like a Saturday Night Live sketch like a lot of separate saturday night live sketches kind of rolled into Badly one put together yeah uh, and john said there was bits of that that he liked and i think he actually gave us a couple of stars didn't he john in the end i think i think he was saying it was more for the nostalgia he he... the nostalgia for his youth and for his love of um of eddie murphy yeah and and for the first film i think he was liking it because of echoes of the first film and and nothing else Memories. There you go. Recommendation from myself and Mike John Fardy. News talk six o'clock every Saturday. I think there's a podcast of it as well, so you can listen to that. There is um, that comes out on a Friday, and he actually does something on Ray Cudahy's Drive Time show on a Wednesday. I'm going to say, and that's. I mean, I've been listening to that Ray Cudahy show as well, and I don't. You know, I'm. I'm. I've been. I know you've been doing stuff about the future of Irish radio and whatever. But he's had a special on every Wednesday. And for some reason, I've, I've heard this every Wednesday. And it's about dictators. So he gets a historian on to talk about dictators. Oh, wow. And it was fascinating. And, and um, I don't know where he was talking about. I think it's North Korea. Um, the People's Palace, I'm going to call it, um, is actually the heaviest building ever constructed on the planet. Um this dictator just decided he's going to build the biggest place and it's so heavy it sinks six mills every year oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that i love facts like that because it's yeah. like it, you can't you can't beat the earth you know what i mean you can be you no. can be a dictator and you can be a cunt and you can want the biggest building and the fucking heaviest place and <laughs> you won't win you know what i mean i love the fact that it's sinking yeah <laughs> It's like it's like Mother Nature and Earth gone. You're a dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Such a langer. We're gonna take that building back from you. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna swallow this building. There's two great recommendations for news talk yeah, there. So yeah. thank you very much. I must listen yeah. to that on Wednesday night. Um. So back to our letter that we got from London, that London. Oh, yeah. Going down that London. Um. It's from your brother. Yeah, well, we we did mention a couple of weeks ago that we, you know, we, we I think it's something we always come back to this, what of you know, sort of being single men uh, sitting on a brown couch, uh, eating popcorn and drinking beer, and you know, we wistfully look back on those times and think, wow, I'd love to be doing that. But you know, again, all over this lockdown, I've thought, God, I'm just going to sit down and watch Netflix, and I haven't. Um, I've always got something to do. I don't actually sit down and scratch my ass enough. And I think I said that my brother was probably achieving it. 
the golden rule or the, the he was the gold standard of sitting down scratching his hole so uh, yeah and we invited him three weeks ago to write and he's only just got around to listening so he did he he, re, he replied um so yeah uh nick is your brother's name i should mention mm. and nick is a single man living in london so we so that was the thing we were like oh my god he must be living the dream yeah um and that's all i know about him but let's read the letter and find out more um hi guys i heard my name in one of your podcasts and for reasons best known to you and the child would you like to explain mike okay <clears throat> my grandmother who you may remember if if anybody listens to this podcast I, I said that i nearly killed her once um by giving her brandy um she used to give everybody a nickname um there was one gay man that everybody knew in limerick and his name was christy gibbons and from that day forth every homosexual was christy so <laughs> she <laughs> your man is a bit of a christy <laughs> So, so this was this was her shtick, and uh, my eldest brother, um, she called him the chief. That's Nick, who we're talking to. My middle sort of second eldest brother, Adrian, she called Radar, um, because I think it sounded like Adar Radar, and okay. there may have been something else historically in there. Uh, Peter, my other brother, the quiet man, you know, a fairly quiet, miserable git. He is a quiet man. <laughs> And I'm the child just because I'm young. I was the youngest. Oh, the child. Yeah. And when, when I had a child, she said, Ah, yes, it's the child of the child. <laughs> the child of the child. So Jimmy is the child of the child. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, for some reasons best uh, for some reasons best known to you and the child have decided to let you into my current daily routine. I am currently locked down in London, which for the record is as dull as being locked down anywhere else. Oh, that's kind of ruined that part of the dream for me. My first waking moments revolve around my plan to end the tyranny that is Ronan Keating. Well, we were talking about dictators. It's a family thing. Is yeah. it a family thing as in he wants to get rid of the Keating family or it's a family thing as in all of your family mm. have a thing, have a, a thing again, again, Ronan uh, Keating? I think it's fair to say we have an immense um, antipathy towards Roland, as we call him. See, we um, all give people nicknames as well, but anyway. Fine. Ronan, of course, uh, he, I think he's at one point in his career, he just wanted to be, he tried to just be known as Ronan. <laughs> as like like Madonna, but it just, yeah. Madonna has a, Kylie, Madonna, Cher, they have a certain je ne sais quoi about them. Ronan? No. Not as much. No, but your man from Take That, um, Gary, Gary, Gary Barlow, who Gary. is concentrating, Gary, when Gary's concentrating, goes cross-eyed. But that's another <laughs> observation. Um, he calls him, I, Ro. He calls him Ro. And that's the only sort of uh, cool way that Ronan has ever been. Oh, he should have, he should have gone, he should have changed his name. He should have been the artist formerly known as Ronan Keaton or Ro. 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 Uh, Ro, okay. Um, Rock. Work. Work or no work, I wake before 7 a.m. It's a getting older thing. Against my better judgment, I occasionally watch some daytime TV. The other day, they were actually talking about what to wear for your vaccine appointment. Love that shit. Daytime TV (laughs) topics. (laughs) Off the shoulder numbers are unsurprisingly all the rage. Ten minutes of my life. 
I will not get back. That's good, isn't it? It's a good item for a daytime TV, isn't it? What to wear for getting your vaccine. And I think it's something that we should explore here because we're about to get a torrent of uh, vaccines. So what do you wear? You know, you go in there and, you know, normal Irish people, we've got six layers on. It's going to be just going to... It's no wonder it's taken so fucking long. It's definitely, it's definitely worth thinking about. I think, I think a T-shirt with... I think a T-shirt and then a cardigan over it or a zip-up hoodie type with a T-shirt underneath. Because if you mm. wear a shirt, you're going to have to take the arm out of the sleeve because uh, it won't roll up that high. Do you know what I mean? If it's yeah, if, if yeah, it's yeah. got a if it's got a cuff on it, a closed cuff, it won't roll up that high. So that'll mean that'll be awkward. Um, so maybe like a vest and then a t-shirt and then a zip-up hoodie. I would say. What what do you what would you recommend? I I'd say something like that. I'd be ready to go. Maybe a coat and just a, a t-shirt underneath. Ooh. You know, cut out the middleman and just get in there, get unzipped, get no, the no. prick, and then you know, get out of there. A coat, a coat with a t-shirt underneath sounds a bit chilly to me because you might be waiting around. And some of these are big warehouse type. You know, if you're going into your doctor, different story. But if you're going into like the Aviva Stadium or City West Warehouse, you know, that might be a bit cold. You know, I, I think I think you need a vest at, at yeah, least. I think it's my duty to actually encourage people because there's some idiots that still don't want it. But I just say, listen, go, go coat, go t-shirt, go quick. Yeah, whatever you wear, go and yeah. get your vaccine. Yeah, and don't be yes, a dick. And don't exactly. Be, hey, yeah. don't be a dick. Get the prick. <laughs> I can see. Do you know what? I can see Leo wearing a t-shirt with that. <laughs> this is with our campaign. I can. Do you know what I can do is get Sally Ann. We can buy some uh, t-shirts, right? Yeah. And yeah. Get a little hole. We can cut a square hole, and then she can go round it with a machine or a sewing machine, so that it doesn't fray. Yeah. So that you can actually use it and you can draw a target on the outside. Give me my prick here. On the yeah. yeah. My, my, my prick here. I do like don't be a dick, get the prick as a slogan, though. Can we get yeah, that on yeah, a yeah. T-shirt? I can see me Hall Martin saying that. Can you, uh, I'm go- I'll order a few T-shirts. Let's give away a couple of T-shirts now. I'm going to, I'm going to just go for it here, Mike. Okay, good. I'm going mad. Okay, so two people to email. Um I'll, I'll do a draw. We'll do a draw. So email in, say, just email with the subject. Don't be a dick where, don't be a dick where, <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> get the prick. Get prick. Yeah. We have to, we have to, what is it? Don't be a dick. Get the prick. Yeah. 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 Not your prick. Cause that yeah. would be tricky enough. Um. Yeah. So, so the two P two. So, so we'll give away two t-shirts. I'll get them made up and uh, just email in and say, I want, I want to be in the draw for the t-shirts. Woo. Uh, Keith but Walsh don't pod. Don't forget to get extra T-shirts. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get about I'll get about ten, twenty of them, and we'll we'll sell them or something, and then that money can go towards making the cartoon of the podcast. Okay, it's cool. It's all happening. Bish bash. Okay, bosh. hold on a sec. Actually, whoa, let's let's talk about the uh, the cartoon because um, you know <laughs> I listen to your podcast, um, <laughs> and uh, there's all sorts of stuff that I find out by listening to your podcast. You don't come I'm... to the production meetings anymore, Mike. What do you expect? <laughs> I know Margaret. She never invites me to. What, push. Margaret? What she is? Have she you is not sent? Harlot. She's asleep, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. Yeah. She's got her. She's got. She's. She's supposed to be producing the show. She's got her headphones in and she's watching. What is it you're watching? Oh, she's watching the Meghan Markle interview again. How many times have you watched that? Four hundred. Right. Okay. She's crying. 
can we leave her alone? Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. So, yeah. So yeah. So what are we going to do about this? Um, this I, we've ne- we haven't actually discussed ever this clip and so, uh, how much we're looking for. So I just I thought it'd right. be cool to have a clip of us talking as a cartoon, and I approached. Um, I just put it up on Twitter and some guy got back to me and he gave me a price. So we're looking at for 30 seconds of animation, you're looking at about five to 600 euro. Um, it's, it's, it's an expensive business, you know, mm. um, I could probably get it for five. It depends on what you want as well. If you just want two naughty heads or if you want a bit of animation, as in like, if it was me and you talking about, you know, the antelope on the Serengeti or something, uh, <laughs> and you want to include that, that might be a bit more expensive. Do you get what I'm, do you get what I'm saying? I got you. If it was you going to the dump and we wanted to animate the car going down the road and trying, you know, trying to navigate the water and all that kind of stuff with Jimmy in it, that might that would be more expensive as opposed to me and you just talking in, in front of two mics. Um. Yeah. Um, do we know anyone? Should, maybe we should put a shout out that people actually, if, if anybody knows any animators and they're willing to do it, we'll, we'll gladly tear the arse out of it and plug the shit out of them. Of course. Well, I've, 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 I have approached them and they're giving me a price. So, like, I don't know if I'd be able to. I, I want to. I want to pay someone for it because. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but obviously, if someone could give me a good price, that'd be great. So I just that was just the idea. That was it. And people have been sending in some money. Um, I, I just have to figure out how to get the money out of that. Um, and I think we've got a couple of hundred in there. Oh, brilliant! Okay, so yeah. Yeah, we're doing a shout out for money now. People, give us money. Um, Give us money or buy a T-shirt, maybe. There you go. It's all about the merch. So if if I get some T-shirts made up, I'll price them and then I'll I'll have a price for the T-shirts of the don't be a dick, get the prick uh, T-shirts. And then we can sell them and maybe and then the profits can go towards the cartoon. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Okay, good. We're on it. Okay. Okay, that's good production meeting. Well done. Thanks. Margaret's not even paying attention. Okay, um, so back to the letter. Uh, oh, yeah, so we were talking about um, the fashion, what to wear to get your jab. Ten minutes of my already dull life, I won't get back. I might take a walk and watch the green parakeets on Wandsworth Common fighting with each other. Mike will talk you through the story of wild parakeets in London if you're trying to stretch out a podcast. It might have possibly involved Jimi Hendrix. Um, yeah, there are parakeets uh, in London, and, and they're not native to London. So maybe, Mike, you could explain how they got there. Well, well, there's a couple, there's a few different stories I know flying around. Some is apocryphal, and some might be true. I think they are mostly apocryphal, and one of them had to do with Jimi Hendrix wanted some in his recording studio, and then they got out all of a sudden, and uh, they first went to Richmond Park. And they were actually in Richmond Park only for years. All of our time in London, they would have only been in Richmond Park, but they've actually spread out now. And they seem to have adapted to life perfectly in London. So every time you see it, you know, you'll see them in the morning, they sort of roost around big sort of oaks and, and birches and beaches. And they just make this wild kerfuffle of a noise and they come into people's bird feeders and all sorts of stuff. They're, uh, they're not one of these sort of um, native species, which I have an issue against anyway. There are xenophobes in ecology that think that species should be native. My opinion is if a species is willing to live somewhere, let it live there, you know, kind of like humans. Yeah, so I don't really know much about uh, 
parakeets because I haven't read the email. <laughs> but the, uh, the there was another story. I think I, I thought it was I, I, I thought it was the Beatles or something. But they were shooting a video, and maybe it was Jimi Hendrix, and it was a video they were making, and they got some parakeets in, and they they got freed. But yeah, there's a few different stories. Someone else, I think, there was a story about them just escaping from the zoo. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the parakeets in London. They're fantastic. And I don't think they're out competing anything else. I mean, they are eating everything um, and they're obviously thriving and they're doing well. So good luck to the parakeets. That's what I say. And also well like, also like why, how did animals get to the countries they're in anyway? Like, it's not like, like this, how far back do you go and decide that something's native or not native, you know? Oh, don't talk to me because there's this whole, um, there's a whole branch of ecology about vectoring and its species vectoring and how do plant seeds get around you know they go on global sort of uh, water currents uh, from one place to another they fall into the a river and then they go into the sea in America and all of a sudden they're on the west coast of Ireland and then they're here and then they're non-native and then there's land bridges that occur during ice ages and then some species are cut off and some species aren't here previous and the sycamore is a, always a big one people don't like sycamores because they don't support many of the species that we have randomly around us okay the bastard sycamores I, like I, I like know. like the gray squirrels oh don't but talk to me about gray squirrels. the thing about the gray squirrels is the red squirrel is thriving again i think the gray squirrel is being taken by mink yep so, you know, the big wheel keeps on turning. You, you'll, you'll find that, that we, because we, we do everything big. I mean, lots of birds migrate from place to place. And they bring seeds and they bring diseases and they bring stuff like that. And that's going to naturally occur. And people don't seem to get their knickers in a twist about that. But when people get on a boat and, for instance, arrive on some Polynesian island where there were never rats before, and all of a sudden the rat goes, wee, it's lovely and warm out here and there's plenty of grain, so I'm mm. off. Mm. And all of a sudden you've got a population spurge. But, you know, there's there's people that just go on and on. I mean, the, the there's a, this old argument about oak trees in England. They're the big succession species. They are effectively the species that would take over England if, if just left alone. And they support in excess of 300 species on their bark, in their roots, in their leaves, on their branches, everywhere. And sycamores do like four. So, you know, these sycamores should be thrown out, make way for the oaks. But the sycamores are doing quite well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, personally, I'd love to get rid of the farming uh, and just let trees grow as well. again. Uh, that'd be great if we could do that while we're talking about trees. Um, the, other, I, the other fact I found out recently, and I don't know if you know this, they still don't know how eels reproduce. Do you know that? There's a lot of, I mean, there's an awful lot of those um, species um, that aren't tracked. They go out to um, deep parts of the Atlantic. Bermuda, I believe. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle. They literally, wherever they are, like, I, maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, but if they're in, a, like, they go from freshwater to seawater and then back to freshwater. Yeah. So if they could be in a river in Ireland, in Athlone, up the up going around Athlone and then off to Bermuda then. Hmm. And, and, and they have to change their whole, their, their actual physical being to adapt to being freshwater to saltwater in two completely different environments. And they've got to get oxygen whilst underwater in each of them. 
they can't just do this like they can't just change one valve to another they have to you know literally evolve every time they do this and some salmon do it as well um, i mean it's fascinating and there's an awful lot we don't know about stuff we're forever saying oh yeah we know about the life cycle of this that and the other we don't we don't know a lot of the large fish that spend a lot of time deep in the oceans we have no idea about their breeding and the thing was, um yeah got uh, whale sharks or um basking sharks i think i think last year was the first time they were caught shagging on camera Ooh. <laughs> they're very private though they're always close the curtains just at that moment they're not into dogging they like to keep their sex life. very dog fish <laughs> dogging fish but the yeah. but the but the eel they thought like there was all these different species or you know eel types and then they realized this was like Mike the eel just change like shape shifting yeah. and becoming five different types of eel in one year. Yeah, metamorphosizing like on the hoof. And my but, wife gets at me when I say hoof. Do you say hoof or hoof? On the hoof. Yeah, but I don't yeah. mind. I I wouldn't be a nat. I wouldn't be a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi anyway, but I wouldn't be a Nazi with language either. Oh. Um, but uh, on the hoof, on the hoof. Um, but yeah, mad. Just the eel thing, and they still don't know how they're born. I think that's amazing. That, that you know, they've never no. seen an eel egg or fucking just and, eels. Eels just appear. <laughs> they're just like they, grow. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, they come into like Limerick, and I remember we used to go down to this place called the Distillery, and sit on the wall of the Shannon at a rising tide and you could stick anything on the end of a, a fishing rod and eels will go for it. Um, but the most effective way, I mean, this is the seventies and eighties, how, how, how we've grown as a society was um, you'd make sure that there were no cars behind you because you sit in the wall, which is adjacent to a road. And then you've got the river in front of you and you would whip the eel out and then sort of do a backwards cast onto the road. And that was the easiest way to like at some speed, whack the poor eel okay because they were really really difficult to to kill and then we would give them to my grandmother who'd boil them in in butter and milk for about nine hours and they'd still be fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> like like the perch we used to catch like nobody wants oh, to fucking eat those things or no. or, or pike pike oh. they just taste like shit they literally taste like yeah they're filter literally feeders. literally oh. bottom feeders uh, anyway, we digressed slightly, as Sorry. as as is our thing. No, it's good. Um, I'm watching Game of Thrones again from the beginning, as Mike mentioned. It's more violent than I remembered. I'm at the crazy Joffrey bit. Some header that boy. Yeah, is that yeah. some? Did you watch Game of Thrones, Mike? I loved it. I I and you know what? I probably should. It's the, probably the sort of thing you should wrong, uh, watch again because there's so much happening. And so many little sort of, I, I can't remember whether they actually tied up everything at the end or whether there's a sort of a way in for the, the next series or whatever. But I remember being hugely disappointed for a finish. Yeah. I thought they were going to kill Jon Snow because he was just so annoying. Well, they did. Well, that's not, well, no spoilers. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, w I actually think... I think the time is right. Enough time has passed for me to maybe go back and start watching mm. it again. Um, but definitely there was, there was bits, there was times when I was watching it in the middle of it, that was much better. And at the start, that was much better than the end. Um, I mean, I like the way it evolved into fantasy and further and further into fantasy, but 
just stuff like the Red Wedding and um, yeah, brilliant. Just, just moments like that where you're like, oh my fucking god! Like they couldn't, like that Red Wedding. They never. I don't think they topped that. Maybe, maybe the sausage scene. I don't remember the sausage scene. You're just you, making that up. No, do you remember the guy who was being held captive? I don't know any of their names, but mm. he was a prisoner of um, a real nasty dude. Uh, and he basically chopped his willy off. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yes. When you say willy, not sausage. No, but there's a scene. Yes. The guy is, has started obviously recovering. He hasn't died, he's, but he's now willyless. And his oh. captor is eating a sausage. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's dark and horrible. That's oh, funny. horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, yeah, go on. And, and mm. there, there was the, um, the scene in it when um, one of the Lannisters, the girl, the lady Lannister, yeah. the daughter, was a psycho um had a big minder do you remember she had a big minder yeah yeah the the mount the mount the mountain yeah something like that he was dog's brother or something yeah he he crushed the guy's head yeah um with his hands but that guy whose head he crushed is the mandalorian he should have had he should have had a helmet on Uh, see like they could have asked me Plot twist. He should have fucking killed him though, because he had a chance, didn't he? And there was, I know. There was, there was I know. a less there was a lesson in that. I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's the Mandalorian. I really yeah. like that actor, actually. Brilliant. Don't, of course, we don't know his name. No, Mando. But Mando. Um, okay, and it's now eleven a.m. and I can start thinking about watching Pointless. I love that. That's the highlight of his day. <laughs> that's the climax. <laughs> and I presume he's, if it's eleven a.m. I presume he's talking about like half past five. Pointless. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't, you don't want to watch Pointless without a bit of a build-up. I, 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 I concur. Yeah, to a degree. I do I like think... Pointless, um, yeah. but but I miss it a lot because I forget about it because it's on an awkward time for me. But uh, I like the fact that he he builds up to it and he start, at eleven o'clock he starts thinking about it. Your man has a very big head though. That puts me off. Uh, Richard Osman. Hmm. He yeah. kind of looks like Elvis. I like him with a big head. Oh no, 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 I don't dislike the man, but he's got a very big head. Um, I I don't love his House of Games. I I think it looks like, and I don't want to be a dick. Um, but it seems like Richard Osman was because I think Pointless was his. He's very good at coming up with TV ideas and game shows mm. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And obviously the BBC said, Richard Osman, come up with your own game show. You can be the presenter and it'll be absolutely brilliant. And they threw a lot of money on it. And there is like, it's all because celebrities are the, uh, are the contestants, you know, so it's a big budget show, but yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's too, almost like too much money has gone into it. And yeah. the ideas are a little bit weak. It is typical BBC tearing the ass out of a good thing. And I'm really hoping they don't do that with Line of Duty 6 that's coming out now this weekend. That's oh. a top, top watch tip. They're not, they can't ruin Line of Duty because I presume whoever's writing that has some kind of independence. Or I mean, they haven't fucked it up yet, have they? You're worried, no. are you? No, I, I just worry, though. You know, I mm. always worry about these things. You're right to worry about <laughs> <laughs> You're right to worry about these things. We've nothing else to worry about right now. Yeah, so exactly. when, when's uh, Line of Duty out? 
It's on Sunday at eight or nine o'clock. Oh my one. god! Yeah, OMFG. Oh, I have something. I'll be. I'm building up to line as usual from now. Um, in between worrying myself sick about the well-being of the British royal family, I will then think about how to make some money. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't really. He doesn't really go into um, any detail on actually making money. He just seems to. To me, it seems like he just sits around and thinks about how he might make some money. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, he actually says, I will think about how to make some money. So that's great. At least he's taken those those baby steps. But I think um, worrying himself sick about the well-being of the British royal family is much <laughs> more important than him making money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I daydream about maybe bumping into someone who I worked with briefly in the 90s and starting a podcast with them, <laughs> but quickly realised no one would listen to that type of shite. Oh, I don't know if that's a dig at us or a dig at his possible future podcast that isn't going to happen. Well, put it like this. We used to call him Steve Davis because he was very boring. So uh, let's just leave that one there. Okay. All right, Steve. Um, <laughs> anyway, pointless comes and goes and I immediately forget everything I've learned that day. Night falls, cheap Lidl lager kicks in and I sleep the sleep of the just. I drift off dreaming about the downfall of Ronan Keating. And maybe chocolate, another family thing. <laughs> this summary of my day may or may not be true, but it seems to be something you to aspire to on some level. The freedom of box sets and no apparent stresses. If you're looking for a London correspondent at any time, keep me in mind. I'm not particularly good and expect to be well paid. Either way, there's an alcoholic or non-alcoholic beer waiting for you and Mike when the vaccines kicks in. Your friend, Mike's brother in exile, Nick. Oh. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick is right, yeah. Well, and he's, in, he's invited us to London. There we go. And uh, I think we've got another invite to London, actually. Oh. Yeah, yeah, to stay in a nice hotel. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I think maybe we do a London, a UK. <laughs> we do a podcast from London, yeah. We get a, do, get a little venue. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, get a little crowd in and stay in London. That'd be great. Yeah. We could definitely do that. We could definitely pull that we off. Could, like, maybe nobody yeah. would come, but we'd do it anyway. Yeah, we could visit the diaspora who are in dire need of us. Yeah, we could definitely whip up a crowd. We know enough people, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Don't we? Just, just, yeah, yeah, you could put the word out. Uh, Murphy would get about 150 alcoholics in. <laughs> 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 All sort of like London Irish. Oh yeah, these two. Oh, in it, in it. Yeah, and they they'd be expected to see Foster and Alan, and we start talking about like Game of Thrones. And be, Get them off, you fuckers! I do love the story of a moving house on on the bus. Do do do. This is about Brian Murphy. Anybody? We, he he was a he was a, another chap we both worked with. Oh yeah, seventy three. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've done done it all there. <laughs> I love the idea of him having a wardrobe on the back of a Routemaster bus, tying it onto the, the pole that you'd hold onto with a bungee cord. Oh, yeah, we go down our street, down the Oldburn Road. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, there's hangers rattling around in it. The hangers are flying out. And they're like, taxis go, oi, oi, you. I go, fuck off. What was the story? He just moved, just jumped on a random bus. No, that where he was moving from and to were on the same literally on the same bus route so he literally got his um uh his his card out his his, uh, his bus pass and hopped on the bus and just moved house by using the bus and it was getting bigger and bigger and he was like moving boxes and stuff 
And by the time he got to the wardrobe, I think he'd seen that conductor the second time for the first day. And he's like, you can't keep doing this, mate. And he's going, oh, fuck off. <laughs> the fucking bus, isn't it? I'm fucking London. I'm not renting a fucking truck. Who the fuck you think I am? Getting on, move bus. On bus. Getting on the bus with a wardrobe. It's fucking brilliant. With the, on his I own. Love, I love the fact that the hangers were still rattling around. Like he wouldn't I put know. he wouldn't take them out and put them in a bag. Like or, you no, know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was clothes left in it. You know, he's just so fucking lazy. And he did it on his own. Nobody gave him a hand. I said, wouldn't you give me, give me a shout? We could have rented. Hertz would have given us a truck. You know? Nah, nah, oh. I didn't want to bother anyone. I just thought it was a spur of the moment thing. <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant! <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I feel like there was stuff I, me- I, I we were meant to talk about. You wanted, to, oh, you you wanted to talk about Dublin, didn't you? Or, or I, no, yeah, no, no. I, I needed to. Uh, yeah, I needed to ask you about Burning Man. Oh yes. So this is something I need to tell you because um, somebody got in touch with me uh, via the internet and said, "Keith, I didn't know you had a podcast. Ooh, I can't wait to listen. I have so many episodes to catch up on." And I was like, oh, that's great, you know, um, that people who are, you know, fans are discovering the podcast still. And uh, um, she said, um, I was talking about, she'd obviously had tickets for Burning Man. So I was telling my friend about having to cancel my tickets for Burning Man. And uh, she mentioned that uh, you went to Burning Man for your honeymoon. And I was just wondering if you ever talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I went to Burning Man. No, she she said she her friend told her that I went to Bur- Burning Man on my po- on my honeymoon, and she was wondering if I ever talked about it on the on the podcast. And uh, you haven't done, and you know what? For the listener out there, as well as clarity for myself, what what exactly is Burning Man? Because you so, just sent me a text saying, "Ask me about Burning Man." So Burning Man is a festival in the desert in America. Um, what desert is it? it? Doesn't really matter. It's kind of like down. It's it's over on the uh, west coast. You know, outside. You know, like hippie. Yeah, I presume no. it's outside California, kind of. <clears throat> yes, I do know what this is about. Yeah, I do know what Burning Man is about. And and Top Gear actually, when they relaunched their show, launched it from Burning Man, and Hot House Flowers played for them. Did but they? That's another story. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, is I know very... where we are now. Sorry, I thought I thought Burning Man was something they burned boats up on a Scottish island or something. I think, what the fuck? Anyway. So yeah, Burning Man is uh, oh, 2020 Burning Man cancelled. Oh. Uh, it's Black Rock City, yeah. So it's um, it's over on the west coast. It's Nevada, the mm. Nevada desert. Um, so yeah, so I was saying to my wife, this person thinks that I went to Burning Man for my honeymoon. That's mad. I wonder how that. That oh. I wonder how that other person thought that I went to Burning Man for my honeymoon. Like, I wonder, did I say it on the radio joking once or something? Um, I don't know. Where, where did you go on your honeymoon? I went to Croatia with uh, my wife and my daughter and my mother and father-in-law, which was because kind of like almost like the opposite to Burning Man. <laughs> it's like the opposite of a fucking honeymoon. Because Burning Man is like, you know, hippies with no clothes on, um, cyc- cycling around on handmade bicycles, uh, taking drugs. Um, I went to <laughs> Croatia. Mm. But we, no, we went, myself and Sam went for a week and Anna was two. So she was, so we couldn't leave her for too long. So we went on honeymoon for a week, just the two of us. And then, in fairness to her mom and dad, they came out for the second week and brought Anna with them. So we, so it was nice. It was a nice combination. 
But you got all that sort of fluidy stuff out of the way before everyone joined. Yes, exactly. What's the fluidy stuff? The drinking? Um, no. Oh, the other stuff. The good stuff. I think I just, I think on my honeymoon, I mostly had a, a mental and nervous breakdown because of the stress and the lead up to it. But uh, that's another story for another day. Um, oh. Oh, but, that sounds like a, that sounds like something worth uh, exploring. Well, it's not really. I, I can't. I'm. I'm just, I'll tell you about it someday, another day when I've had okay. had to think about it. But um, yeah, Burning Man. I mean, I'd love to have gone to Burning Man on my honeymoon, and actually, I'd love to go to Burning Man anytime. Um, and it's one of my sort of bucket list things. Uh, I would like to be in the Nevada desert with mm. ma- maybe not naked, but maybe a pair of shorts wandering around and just discovering crazy things. Um, so maybe we could do this, the podcast live from Burning Man at some stage. There's going to be a list of things, isn't there, that we're going to do the podcast from. And it's just going to be because we want to go there. And that's the way it should be. It should be completely sort of selfish. And um, we should invite OGs, of course. Mm. Uh, and we, do you know what we could do is set up a travel agency Right, the podcast yeah. agency, and yeah. we could we could we could make money on top of it, and then we could actually pay for ourselves. So it's a self-funding lifestyle. I like it, man. Yeah, I like it. Good it's idea. Got legs. That's yeah. Got legs. We so we have to get a fellowship because Ian followers. Dempsey, Ian Dempsey does on the breakfast show. He goes skiing every January, and they they go for a week, and they do the show live from the resort, and and like they they bring. Like people pay to go on it, and obviously everybody makes a bit a few quid on it, you know. Hmm. Uh, so I like that idea, yeah. Yeah, I don't like skiing. I don't like heights. I don't like the cold, and I don't like broken ankles. Okay, so we're just going to go to London, where it's low, safe, and we'll go to yeah. Burning Man, where it's a desert. There's no mountains, there's no hills, and there's no snow. There you go. Yeah, nice warm places that aren't too high. Got got to be done by elevation. Okay, and then India. We'll talk about India another time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that was my Burning Man story. I just, I just wanted to. I didn't want to tell her. I'm hoping that she'll discover it through the podcast. I didn't want to message her back, but she started listening now, so she'll hear that 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 is apocryphal. That's not true. I didn't. Um, I didn't go to Burning Man on my honeymoon. Um, and I'd love for you to ask your friend how she found that out and maybe get back to us and email the show. Yeah, do definitely. Cause that's, that's, a, that's got legs, that story. Yeah. That could be a short story, which I haven't written yet, by the way. Well, well, that's our thing that we need to do. So, so do you have a story due for Monday? Is that what you're saying? I do have one due for Monday and I've got about, I'd say 45 minutes in which to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Because she likes to have the, the 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 course I'm doing at the moment. She asks for four hundred words every week. Oh. She goes over and does a little of sort of a little bit of we, we kind of critique it a little bit and talk about it and yeah. I got glowing reviews last time, but this time I'm sort of I'm kind of doing this free writing thing. I just sit down and write. Yeah, which is quite which it's really good actually. Um, but it takes you on tangents. And I suppose that's the, the learning, the thing I'm taking away from this thing is I have an idea of a story in my head. Unfortunately, most of those stories will never make it to paper because I start wandering and waffling, quite like this show, actually. And I just kind of like go away and never come back to what I've said I'm going to come back to. 
but I think she says that's the thing you want to write about. If you like, if you keep going off on mm. tangents and keep doing free writing, and then eventually something will emerge, and like that's actually what you want to write about. And yeah, yeah, the, never, never feel like you have to stick to the idea. That's just a jumping off point, and then you just go wherever wherever you, it takes you. Um, that's great though, man. It's great that you go off. It's great that you go off on tangents because if you were sitting there, you know, strictly sticking to your idea, mm. that would be quite boring for you. It would. Um, but I have these ideas in my head for years. You see, that's the problem, and they're kind of stuck there. And yeah, but in my you, head, they're already, you know. Yeah, but you're you're, you're going to move on from them now. This is what's going to happen. You're going to like those. You're going to realize those ideas aren't the ideas at all. Yeah, I know. I and I think that's that's true actually. And uh, I've been re rereading the stuff that I've done, and I hope nobody psychoanalyzes it because it's all a bit. If it's if it's all about graphical, I need to, I need to sort my shit out. No, this man is in pain. Well, deep, deep that, pain. this is good, man. I mean, writing is therapy. Art is therapy. This is like if you got sh- like it. Yeah, you, I, maybe, maybe this is what, exactly what you need, man. It's too deep, though. Too deep for me. Well, stop. <laughs> don't stop. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep doing it. It's good. Um. The Kildare Writing Centre, I feel like I should give them a shout out because we've mentioned them a few times. Um, yeah, she's brilliant. Lovely Pauline. She's, Pauline, uh, she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really good. And uh, so you, so were you, were you happy with your good, you got good reviews for your story so far? Yeah, I was delighted. I, I was kind of embarrassed to get um, good sort of reviews from her. You know, the, the fact that she'd asked us to do various things and I got my head around it and written it with that in mind. She, she gives you a sentence and then she gives you something like, you know, look at the character or look at a bit of dialogue and whatever, and just zone in on that and just free write it and whatever. And it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, um, it allows you, I don't know, it's really fulfilling, you know, um, oddly. I, um, I love writing conversation. I love writing dialogue. Um, I'm not great at the descriptive, like, you know, it was, a you know, the leaves were gently whimpering in the yeah. snowy breeze or whatever the book. But I, I, and I had this idea that I would try and write a book and it's probably been done before. That is just a, just an entire conversation. Yeah. It's called a screenplay. You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Or a play, <laughs> but it's just, but what I'm saying is like, like in fact you have written a play. A role play. It's done. <laughs> but a conversation. I was thinking about two people, like they leave the house and they have to go somewhere and it, it, it emerges where they have to go, but everything is just through the, just through their conversation. And there's no, like with a screenplay, you'd have a setting, like, so say uh, it would be like a house. Um, mm. It's 1970s decor, uh, you know, but it's literally, it starts off with, you know, them trying to leave the house and yeah. being, being late. And then the conversation it's through the conversation you know where they are and where they're going and all the kind of stuff well you should do it yeah i think i will i'll set you 400 words of a task okay just leaving the house okay just yeah leaving the I, house. I wrote something about uh, uh I, I and i just it came out of my head i, I said something about the, i was walking into a hospital and there was this um very ordinary couple walking towards me and she really got into like ordinary that's a terrible fucking thing to be saying about somebody 
is. It's terrible. Yeah. It's almost like saying someone's nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah, he's yeah, he's grand. Yeah, grand. He's grand. Oh my god. Yeah. I would hate I think I used to say I'd, I'd rather someone hated me than ever describe me as grand. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Speaking of um being grand and being good and everything yep. being positive, you're um I hear um again we don't talk to each other very much. This is than, th- we talk to each other we talk to each other once a week, Mike. <laughs> That's yeah, I know. More, yeah, that's, but like, that's more yeah. than most people. But I get a window into your life through um, sort of social media, and your you, your one man play has yeah. been given funding, I understand, and you're now going to be able to take it on the road. So, yes. So congratulations. We got, thank you very much, man. Thank you. I, I, really I, I say it's a one man play, but there's a lot of people behind it, obviously. But you know, obviously you're behind it mostly, but you've been helped by the lady with the lovely curly hair, Janice. I don't. Janet, yeah, and all the people in Kildare, the um, the Riverbank Art Centre. There you go. You see, I don't know anything. <laughs> but no, but it, it, it was so. I was so interested in. Um, I mean, it's brilliant to get the funding. I didn't really realise how important it was, and and also I'd like to say that lots of people apply for the funding and don't get it. So there is a sort of a. There is a sort of God. There's probably more worthy people, you know. But you just have to get get beyond that. Um, and I was just fascinated with the whole thing. Like, I, and I tried to explain it. So I, I put up this video on Instagram, trying to explain this, how it happened. Um, and it was, it was through going to do my creative writing course, like you're doing with Pauline. Mm. And I wrote these short stories and I had, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I had some, so, so, the gig in RT was up, you know, I knew the inevitable was happening. I was on my way out. Um, and I'd started going to see therapy. So I started, so I started going to see Luke, my therapist, and I started writing because he suggested writing. So I did this creative writing course. So I started writing all these stories, you know, and I really wanted, I'd always wanted to do something live on stage and I'd done a bit of acting in college and, and never really pursued it. And I had this idea that I wanted to do something with these short stories, like a li- like a live show. Like um, there's there's a guy I listen to called Adam Buxton, and he yes. uh, he had want he was I was listening to his podcast, and he was saying what I'm going to try and do with this because he was writing a book, which he's he's since written and it's out and all that kind of stuff. But what he had wanted to do before lockdown was to was to do live shows, reading some of his stories, and then interacting with the crowd and shaping, helping that you know, using that interaction to help shape this book or whatever, you know. So that was kind of the idea I had. And then I contacted Janet Morn, who's a director and a writer and a performer, brilliant actress. Uh, and I'd gone to college with her and I said, Janet, look, can you have a read of some of this stuff? I'd like to do something with it live on stage. I'm not sure what, but I'd love your advice or your thoughts. And she was like, yeah, this could be a one man show. This could be like a play. Have you thought about that? And I was like, well, not really. So anyway, so I met her, had a good chat with her. She was like, you know, I really think there's something in this. Show me some more of your stories. I showed her more of my stories. And then she suggested that I call into the Riverbank Arts Centre in Newbridge, which is your local art centre, which is mm-hmm. there to kind of help you. Like, I didn't realise this, but your local art centre is there to help people who are interested in the arts develop what they want to do and kind of get it to a certain point or, you know, try and help you get to where you want to go with it, you know? Yeah, and a lot of people would be afraid of approaching these people because they think, oh, the arts are not for me. 
Yeah, anything with the word art in it is sort of like, oh no, I don't want to be in the arts, whatever. I'm not, I'm not that sort of pretentious. But it's not, it's just, it's regular people doing regular things. Absolutely, it is. And they want content and they want ideas and yeah. they want people. And, and, and the, the community, and I didn't realize, but the community is the art center. You know, that's, they need show, they need content, like any, like a radio station, like a podcast. They, they need content. They need people walking in the door and saying, I have this idea. And because I wanted to explain it, that this isn't me getting funding because I'm Keith off the radio or this is all just me. Like I walked into that art center not knowing uh, Linda or Caroline, who I now know, and just gone, mm. listen, like I rang them up in advance. And I said, I'd love to meet and chat about something. I didn't really know what I wanted to chat to them about. But I said, Janet Morn said I should meet you. And so I just walked in cap in hand and said, look, I have this idea. And they didn't, it wasn't like they turned around and said, yeah, here's a load of money. Let's make a play. They said, okay, cool. Sounds like a great idea. Maybe we can do something together. Maybe we can help you. And I was like, great. Um, and all they did at that point was said, look, there's a room over there. You can bring in your laptop and you can use that maybe two days a week, two afternoons a week to write. And then every now and then, if you want, you can use the stage to try stuff out. That was all. That was the only promise they made to me. That was the only help they gave me because ultimately it was my, they were pushing it back on me yeah, and yeah. saying, well, let's see what you come up with. But, you know, we are an art center and we're here to help. And that's the help we're willing to give you at this point. Um, and I was like, brilliant. Uh, I was, so I started going in there and I think I was, I actually think I was, yeah, I was using one of the dressing rooms for a while. It was just like, you know, a dressing room with a mirror and, and I was typing yeah, away in isn't there. It, isn't it fascinating that they would actually literally give you physical space? Mm. in which to operate yeah you know but no fee or anything just a helping hand along the way listen we've got rooms they're not being used crack on and that was it and that was yeah and that was brilliant because you know when i look back and they were like pushing it they were like yeah great i like we we like that you're thinking this way we like the way mm. you're going and it looks like something and they were sort of like saying my idea reminds them of this or that or it could be this or it could be that and you know and all the, but all they did at that point was offer me some space to work in and that was their only commitment. Um, well, well, bravo to them and bravo to you and bravo to everyone that's involved. You know, the man, you managed to get it this far. I've seen the preview. I've seen the half hour show you did um, live over the summer. I don't, I don't know if I actually told you I saw it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Very funny. I, I think, yeah, I think there's a long, like, I mean, it, it, it definitely needed work from that. We've, we've since finished writing the full play. And obviously they wrote in then at some point when they saw what I had done and they saw the script and then Janet was sort of given a few quid to help me, you know, write mm. it up and fix it and direct it and all that kind of stuff. And that's how we got to do the, the half hour during lockdown. Um, and it was only because of that initial meeting and their little bit of commitment and my, you know, and Janet's. It was just it's just I just I was fascinated with the process of it all, how it yeah. all came together. And it, it's very circular, isn't it? Writer turns up. Um, don't know, I don't know what I want to do with this um, art centre, which a lot of people would stay away from, apart from going there at Christmas to see the kids do something or a dance troupe come in or Tommy Tiernan turn up for an hour and a half on a Saturday night every once in a while. <clears throat> and, and they literally say to you, OK, that's that's quite decent. And then they they force you into a corner, literally, and, and make you write a bit more. And then they see there's a bit of, there's actually a bit of substance. So they give you somebody else to help you who will know how to develop and grow it into whatever it's going to be. 
And at no time during this, what you're saying to me, they say, this is the concept, concept, stick to it. It's all sort of like room to grow and mm. room to find out and sort of will give you a bit of help. And now, obviously, they've gone and sorted out funding, which is going to help them. But it also helps you and Janet. So, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm bedazzled by the whole process. But the thing I remember saying as well, so we did the half hour work in progress during lockdown mm. from the theatre. And I remember saying to them, I was going, if you had told me when I walked in the door that, like on that day, if they'd said to me, okay, we like, really like this idea. On the 5th of June, we want you to have a half hour written and it's going to look like this and it's going to be this much production in it, and this is the set, and this is what it's going to look like, and I would have fucking shat myself and walked out yeah, the door, yeah. and I never would have. I would have been paralysed. They didn't do it. Like, it was just a gradual step-by-step process that eventually led to this thing. You know, as 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 we went along, these other people got involved. Like, Phil was a tech guy. He got involved. He started talking about lighting and stage, and it was mm. kind of like, it was great for me because I never got spooked at any point, you know? It was all just so yeah, gra- yeah, gradual. Yeah um so like so that's how you know it takes a village to, to it does rare a, a play or something and I, i've already tried to book um tickets well i haven't actually but your dates from last time i tried to book tickets in uh glory and ennis and i will yeah. do again and and, and i believe we yeah november december we'll be back so um maybe when I come, we, we come down to glory and ennis we can get you on afterwards as a little special guest <laughs> <laughs> no, and, we, and you can read out some of your writings because <laughs> yeah we can, can like poet's corner i yeah. wondered lonely i'd love it i'd love it something for you to work towards um so that's the crack was there, any, is there anything we missed mike uh, yes there everything is. I, I i wanted to bring up um danielle quinn um oh I, yes yes the, the most recent uh podcast. have you listened to that already oh fuck yeah yes i did yeah um Again, you just found her on Twitter, or not not Twitter on TikTok, TikTok specifically yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, I thought, where's he going with this again? And then <laughs> she she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's just you know talking about her, who her people. You know, she's an Irish person in America on TikTok, talk trying to explain Irish things to Americans who don't necessarily want to hear the truth. It's brilliant. Um, <clears throat> but I think the takeaway line from that, there's always a takeaway line from somebody you know nothing about, you know? And uh, she says, you know, people was, were getting on to me to sort of, you know, tell them about where their um, surname came from, where their first name or the origin of names of villages and stuff like this. <clears throat> and then she said, you know, people often get in touch with me to uh, translate my tattoo. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> why the fuck would you get a tattoo and not know what it means and then get in touch with somebody on tiktok because she's irish and you've got an irish tattoo on your arm and you're looking for her and all she's going to do is go and google it on google translate and then tell you all of a sudden because it's come from an irish woman living in new york who's googled it and says it to you in an irish accent it then becomes this big thing of heritage yeah it's about my grandmother and it's you know made the road raised she said Onwil Cadigum Dulgety and Levers means the, only the bravest win in the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, you, I thought she was really good. I just, um, mm. I, 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 I was listening back and I was like, I'm so clunky. Like I was, I was, 
it was kind of cringy at the start when I was like, I found you on TikTok and you're going, what the fuck? Like, even yeah, I know. One... Yeah. You sounded like some old man, but that yeah. was the fun that again, that was the funniest thing was I'm probably because your line with young women used to be, um, you know, you probably don't remember. Um, uh, uh, you're too young. I'm too old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, you're probably, yeah. But you often throw in TikTok. And I'd forgotten to mention that to you. You know, people my age really shouldn't be listening to TikTok. And they go, no, no, you're grand. You know, there is a place there for you. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, the clip God. of you trying to get through to her that you're an older man listening to TikTok and you found her and not trying to act like some sort of a perv. Like it's pretty. Yeah. yeah. It's, but what, it's so there's something about not wanting to be a creepy weirdo in my head that yeah. it's almost like I should just fucking forget about it and just talk to her. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like I'm over. Put that in your head though. I should not have put that in no, your no, head. No, 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 no. But it's in my head anyway, Mike, you're just pointing out the, the, the truth. And, uh, and I'm trying to get to that place where I'm able to talk to younger men, younger women, whoever, just yeah. fucking like a person, you know, not without any sort of like worry about sounding like a creepy weirdo, just like, just have yeah. a conversation with them because that's our, that's obviously ingrained in my psyche or I don't know if it's an upbringing or, and it's all comes back to misogyny and, and I don't want to get too deep, but it, that's, do you know what I mean? It's all wrapped up in that. Uh, and I'm, yeah, and I'm, you see, we all, we, we use the age thing as well. Uh, you know, you wouldn't remember this, but you know, when I was your age, blah, blah, blah. And we use this as sort of, you know, we're, we're the elders in society. So we mm. use it to our advantage as well as the sort of like, uh, honestly, I'm not a pervy old man that follows you on <laughs> yeah 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 you know because Um, because i'm like i fucking this person is very interesting i want to do a podcast with them or they should be on a podcast and then i'm like maybe they definitely should be on a podcast they definitely should have a bigger platform and then in my head i'm like maybe i'm not the person to do that conversation but at least if i get her on my podcast then other people might follow suit you know but that's i overthink it you know yeah, I think they're definitely the right people to get on this podcast because the lab, you know, there is no structure whatsoever and there's no formula of questioning or anything like that. And it can go and flow into a normal conversation. I mean, she was talking about stuff there that was, you know, kind of you know, relatively personal stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. her brother, we found out an awful lot about her by just letting her talk, which is exactly what you want to be doing on a podcast. That's why people listen to podcasts because they want to hear people talk to each other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she was brilliant. But the, the translate my tattoo, I just thought, <laughs> but actually, on 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 foot of that, I've actually I sat down in the bathroom earlier on on the throne, and um, I downloaded TikTok. Po- you poogled. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And I'm now calling it because we have shit shitting. talk. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No. I ruined your punchline. No, no, you're right. You can see it coming a mile away. We do have shittering, we do have poogling, and then we have shit talking. Definitely. Oh man, it's um, it's a good place. It's a good place. There's some really interesting stuff on there, and like, as I said, like you can just find out so much interesting uh, facts and people and yes. and music. There's stuff. Loads, you love it for the music, like songs explained. I know you'll yeah. know a lot yeah. of it. Um, you know, f- people talking about their favorite song, how it was written, qu- weird quirky coincidences about artists and songs and albums and connections and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's a, it's a minefield of information. But um, did you, I thought you were going to say that you looked up the meaning of your surname. No, I didn't actually. No, I, I might do that. that. I should have asked. I should have asked her. I should have asked her. Yeah. Cause she can just Google it and say it in a really nice little. <laughs> yeah. I got her to do that. 
Could you just mm. Google Marin first and tell us and send us the audio of what that means? That'd be great. Thanks very much. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you listened. And I, I talked I talked to a fella yesterday, and that podcast will come out probably Monday. A guy called Willie White, who is a stand-up comedian, uh, but had a very very tough life. Like spent. He would, I think he said maybe eight years in prison between Mount Joy. And I think he did a stint. He might have done a stint in London as well. Probably wow. like issues with uh, drug abuse and uh, and crime. Um, but like a lot of trauma there that he was trying to um, self-medicate, basically. And yeah. yeah, just kind of turned things around. Just a lovely, lovely guy. Um, got onto a show called Joy in the Hood um, with Des Bishop, a where he found oh. found a few um, lads in Ballymun and sort of got them to a point where they were doing a bit of stand-up for him. Yes. Um, Eric Lawler was another comedian that came from that. And uh, just, I had a chat with him yesterday. It was, it was just amazing. I didn't really, it was great. It was a great conversation. I didn't really have to say anything. I just kind of like turned, turned on the mic and let him off. So that's something to look forward to as well. Willie White, if you're interested, you can go on. Oh, I should be listening. Don't you worry. I've subscribed. I get it in my inbox. Ding. Uh, at least, at least someone is listening, Mike. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we get all the uh, emails for the t-shirts. Then we'll know. Yeah, free t-shirts, free t-shirts. Email, email, free t-shirts, free Somet- t-shirts. We haven't actually made them. I haven't asked Sally Ann to do the thing on the side. We've done nothing. So. Um, we don't Some, even know if we're going to go with the thing on the side, but yeah. Sometimes I do things, and I used, it used to happen during the breakfast show, I'd have ideas and I'd do something, and then afterwards it would feel like a fever dream. Oh. And I go, did, I, did I say that? <laughs> did I say I was going to do that? I, I don't think I said I was going to do that. Anyway, I, I'm, going to, I'm definitely going to do the t-shirts, because I, I think they would do well. Yeah, they def- definitely would do. De- I'd buy one. You're the first. I don't customer. know if I'd wear it though. You see, that's the problem. Okay. Anyway, we'll worry about oh, that later. You'd have to have a graphic of an injection on it. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll. I'll get someone to design something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll draw something. I'll draw Isn't something you? myself. Your cards are phenomenal. Draw it. Draw it. Yeah. Draw it. And I'm I'm really looking forward to because uh, tomorrow is Mother's Day, and we've got one of your. Well, Jimmy has got one of your Mother's Day. Cards. Oh yes, excellent. Uh, up the man. <laughs> Brilliant. Mike, I better go and do something for myself okay. with, with the day. Yeah, and do uh, you too. And we'll we talk. haven't discussed uh, spec savers or anything like that. Uh, I got my eyes tested, but we'll do that next week. Oh yeah, okay. My my TV is uh, is shagged as well. So we'll, we'll do we'll do that next week. Spec savers and TV. Well, it doesn't matter if you can't see your it doesn't matter if your TV works or not. Just I'm listen to, to me about my eyesight. It's fucked. I can't see. I look at the television. And then I get a text, and then I look down, and I take my glasses off, and I can't see the fucking text. And then I look at the television, I can't see that either. So I'm going full sort of uh, what you call it lenses, micro. No, you need you need the um, focally type thing. Very focals, very focals. Yeah, but once you get that sorted, you'll be laughing. Mike, everyone's gonna be okay. Everyone's gonna be okay, Mike. Everyone's going to be okay. We leave it there. We leave it there. We leave it there. And on that note. Good. Did I press record on this? Shit. Oh, for fucks. (laughs) 
It's going to be okay. Everybody, it's going to be okay. Mike, me, you, everybody. Everybody needs somebody. Everything's going to be okay, folks. I just I just want to just want to say that to you. There you go. That is me chatting to my friend Mike. Another fantastic episode of the Keith Walsh podcast. Episode 80. I can't quite believe it. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Um, I don't know what to say. I should know what to say because this is a podcast and I need to be able to talk. But, um, yeah, it's quite a... It's quite an achievement to get to 80 podcasts. Mike, I, I messaged Mike there just before. I said, I didn't realise. I said, Mike, this is episode 80. And he said, what are you going to do for episode 100? And I said, nothing. I haven't messaged him back yet. Not nothing that I'm going to do nothing. I just haven't said that to him yet. I don't know what to do. It's 20 episodes away. Three episodes a week. That's... Six. Six weeks away. Six weeks away will be episode 100. What am I going to do? Maybe by then I'll have like... You know, I'll just... I'll just stumble across a really famous person that I can interview. That'll be it. I've asked Brian O'Driscoll. He said he'd get back to me. But, you know, he's busy. He's had a baby. He's got young kids. and The rugby's on. Maybe. Any suggestions? Get them into me. If you know anybody famous. If you're famous and you listen to the podcast, I'd love to have you on. Just email me, keithwashpod at gmail.com. Um get you on as a famous person whoever you are and I'd be able to say oh I put so much effort into organising this for the 100th episode and then we'd win an award or something anywho I gotta go get this edited get it up get to bed get up tomorrow guy do the same again I've got to just go and do everything but um, all in all life is good and thank you very much for listening to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, thanks. Hope you tell your friends and recommend them and upload it and download it and do whatever you have to do with it. Uh, thanks to Acast. I'm going to go. You take care. Head down and keep pedalling. I'm trying that. That's an outro. But um, I can't. Re- I don't think I can use it because we used to say it on a show I did in Phantom. I feel like I'd be robbing it from that show. So I need something like that, though. If you can think of a slogan, a thing I can say when I'm finished the podcast, like, you know, um, I suppose, may the bird of paradise fly up your nose. Some sort of, may the bees of a thousand, may the fleas of a thousand camels infest your groin area. Something cool like that. Anyway, you have a think about it. Get back to me. KeithWalshPod at gmail.com. Thanks very much. Good luck. Bye. See Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.